For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, it's Mark Bergen from the Believe in Steelers show. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. NBA Summer League is in full swing along with Major League Baseball. There's always a fight around the corner and that you can also get in on the action for early NFL futures. What you need to do is go to betonline.ag. You can use your desktop or mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, it's Mark Bergen from the Believe in Steelers show. Ike Taylor had to get back to the PCA Cigar Convention in Las Vegas. And afterwards, I got to have an extended conversation with our guest this week, Dave Damashek. He is the host of the Extra Points podcast, along with the Minus Three podcast. We talked about the top teams in the AFC and how loaded the conference is, particularly at the quarterback position. We also discussed that given all of the money the Steelers have spent on the defensive side of the football, can Pittsburgh get back to AFC contention? Can they win a Lombardi trophy allocating as much money as they do on the defensive side of the ball, considering it's such an offensive league? And we talk about why Baker Mayfield flamed out with the Cleveland Browns and what to expect this upcoming season with the Carolina Panthers. Enjoy this special bonus edition and my conversation with Dave Damashek here on the Believe in Steelers show on behalf of the Believe Network. Honestly, it's like I'm like in my brain. It's like that meme from uh, It's Always Sunny where they're trying to figure out how to get four playoff teams from one division in if Watson were playing the whole season. That's kind of what comes to my brain. I mean, my favorite thing is uh, is – I, I can be negative about the Steelers right now. I do like the 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 team, but I mean, how are they going to make the playoffs? That AFC is like the NBA Western Conference uh, yeah. has been for twenty years. Not yeah. this past year was finally it kind of dipped, but it is crazy. Like look look through that. Like who's definitely not going to be good? Like the Texans, I guess. But like, what if Davis Mills is is 
is good than like you have no teams, literally. There are no teams in the conference that you circle. It, like I say, it's probably the Texans, but you know, like who's definitely not going to be good. I can talk myself in, in. There's something about pro football the last like five years um, that is like at this time of the year, when you look at rosters or when I look at the rosters and look at it, I'm like, you can, I can talk myself into any team making the playoffs. I can like, I can be like there. I mean, I could see them being all right. Like I'd see them things breaking right for them. Try to pick the seven teams. A game I always love to play is no playoffs for you. Who's definitely not yeah. going to make the playoffs this year. See how high you can get. I did like two, two years ago. I got set. I went seven for seven and calling out non-playoff teams. It's really, but make a list. Like it's a fun exercise to do on the show yeah. and then check back, uh, you know, in, once the playoffs can go and see how close you got. Cause you know, there's always going to be a Bengals who come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So that's hard mm-hmm. to like, well, who that team is. Good luck guessing who those teams are. It's really a, a hard game to play. But like right now, really look at it and be like, which teams are figure out the AFC West? Who's definitely finishing first? Who's definitely finishing last in that division? It's very difficult to do. The only two I could think of would be the Jags and the Texans. But that's like, because <sighs> like even the Jets, they've got the three first rounders this year. So it's like, they should be very much improved too. Like maybe the Dolphins, because I'm not a Tua guy at all, but like with Cheetah, who knows? So it's like you, you've got a point. You've got a point. I don't, yeah. The I, I yeah, the Dolphins maybe are a mess because the Flores thing, like we the way that all went down, it kind of dodges the fact that maybe like, but they were they were always right there. Maybe they do, maybe like Flores was a great coach and we but that, but I, I'm skeptical of that because of the Belichick coaching tree. There's not a ton of evidence that it's like, well, you know, like, but but Flores did make that team. They they weren't consistently week week in week out some some great team, but he did get them on the cusp of the playoffs, um, both of the last two years. Yep. And, and it was back to back winning seasons, Dave, for the first time since like almost is like that what it was? And they have not won a playoff game, I believe, since 2000. I would need to double-check that. But it's been a long time since the Dolphins have been relevant whatsoever. So it's like they get the first back-to-back winning seasons, essentially, for the first time in two decades. And it's like, oh, yeah, see you later. And it's like, I credit for Pittsburgh for having the gall to go after him. But then Flores for humbling himself to say, hey, unless I'm going to get blackballed by the league, I'm going to take this job that like it's in my opinion, it's beneath him. But at the same time, it's like you would hope that he does get his head coaching opportunity at some point further down the line. Cause like, okay, is he an elite level coach? That remains to be seen, but is he a mid tier coach? Absolutely. If he's, but also like as a coordinator specifically, the, the, that's more in the nitty gritty then the head coach gets involved in, but like Tomlin is a defensive coach, obviously. And now you have, and you have Austin as well. Like, I guess there's the potential for too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing, but like, that's something I'd love to like, let Ike expand, expound on. Is he going to camp or anything this year or anything like that? Like, I'd love to hear what he thinks about all that stuff. Like, like how good, you know, in a quarterback league and everything else, no defense dominates. I guess the Jags in the last since the like what 2014 Seahawks 
kind of fell apart, that whole dynasty. Then you had the 2018 Jags, but it's pretty rare that you have a defense that is so impactful that it actually wins you, you know, two to five games. Like, is the Steelers defense, like this thing about, well, the Steelers aren't relevant this year. Like, you know, your, your point is well taken and should be reiterated because people get away from that. It's like Trubisky and uh, Pickett, I don't know about those guys. Like, well, here's here's an option that's just very likely to not exist for this team. Two and two and fifteen. And so, like, mm-hmm. the idea that, like, man, they they did too much. They shouldn't have kept Minka because, and they shouldn't have gotten to. They should have just tanked out. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, do you pay attention to the way the NFL flows? Like, you don't know what's going to be in two years, and who's yeah. benefited from tanking anyway? Really, who, <laughs> who in the NFL in the twenty first century? I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan from way back. Very glad the Penguins tanked in '84 to get Lemieux. But I'm not morally against tanking. I just don't think it's a, a wise maneuver because things shift so much year to year in the NFL. Um, but uh, it it's interesting to think like, so they're never going to be terrible enough to to get like the number one or two QB in the draft. Well, they did in Kenny Pickett, but you know what I'm saying, Stroud or or, or Bryce Young or whatever. Wh- whoever it is, uh, yeah. When they dominate. Because it's like the idea that the Steelers can't be competitive, I think, is owed to the reason I'm like there's a ceiling on my enthusiasm is is the conference is so, so GD loaded. It's hard to see where they like, oh, yeah, but they made the playoffs last year. But um, can they put together a Jags level dominant defense? Because I think they given the pieces they have, they would need to catch real good luck in terms of health. But if they do really, I mean. They look at that front seven that they're throwing out there. And then Mink on the back end, um, ranging around there, you know, that pass rush is going to force some loose, uh, loose passes out there. Mink is going to be more of what he was prior to last year. He just was like, he was put in the spot of like, Hey, running backs are going to be running full speed at you 15 yards in, you know, past uh, the line of scrimmage, you know, you have to make the tackle because there's no one else to do it. Everybody else is hurt, Minka. He's going to get some picks and everything. I think that defense could really dominate. And then the question is, I don't know what dominance equals in 2022 and how many games can the defense just outright steal for you? They did it with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph for that, for about 12 or 13 weeks. Then they just ran out of gas. But for 12 or 13 weeks, they just straight up stole games. Like it was like you have you have Duck Hodges playing quarterback. And people are like, dude, maybe he's better than Roethlisberger at this point. Like if Roethlisberger is so old, maybe the Duck is the future. It's like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you people? Like, but people get crazy with that stuff. But anyway, well, I bring but- it up with Duck. I bring it up with Duck. He doesn't even start for a CFL team. So it's just like, not only is he outside of the NFL, he can't even start in Canada. It's like, that's the truth though. Um, but it's... I, I think you're a little more bullish on the interior of the line. I know they're going to get Alualu back and Ogan Joby's coming over. Who's going to be a great name for Pittsburghers to say, but like, I love it. Ogan Joby. I, uh, that, that interior, I hope it's very much, very much improved. Cause like the dichotomy of leading the NFL in sacks, but then also being dead last in the league and rushing yards allowed. It's like, which is it? And so it's like, I've, I've never heard of that before. Where it's like either your front seven sucks or it doesn't, but it's like, okay, they're really good at rushing the passer 
but they can't stop a nosebleed if someone wants to run the ball at them. And I know they I know they had injuries last year too, but it's like it. We'll see. We'll see. I think they've. I think. I think based on what you hear about, they were Colbert for whatever reason was borderline obsessed by Isaiah Loudermilk. Like they moved around to get him mm-hmm. and he supposedly beefed up and he had a, a reasonably good rookie season. So Montrevious Adams, these are like, those are guys and they're, they're depth pieces. And, you know, those guys, I think, you know, again, you got to catch some good luck in terms of health, but I think Alu Alu with Hayward and Ogunjobi is a, is a really nice trio long in the tooth maybe um but they have depth there and um i i guess things have to go the right way obviously david bush has to turn the corner and miles jack still has to be good but man it presents to me as like a they, they they'll get somebody like a my they'll, they'll they'll do like a melvin ingram type of deal for an olb at some point you know like probably right before the season as training as cuts are made and everything else but mm-hmm um to get some depth there because that that that's to me is the big um everybody i i, I hear you because i'm in the minority on that on the defense i feel like boy them seems like they're eight deep on the defensive front um my concern is like if alex highsmith or you know if tj watkins are obviously they're in real trouble but if do? alex highsmith yeah. has to sit down like they'll be able to add there um i think but uh i don't know man i uh you're you're spot on about Minka though, because he had something like 120 tackles, and it's like when a skill position player is getting to the second and third level of a defense without getting touched, it's like that that's a problem. So everyone last year was like, "Oh, Minka doesn't have the turnovers," and it's like, well, he can't be as opportunistic because <laughs> they're getting right through the line of scrimmage. It is like that kind of that's the kind of shit that the it it's a little micro and unfair to the Browns, but it is those little things that people complain about. Like, I know a lot of people are like, did they need to keep Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah, they did. Because, you know, uh, you don't give away pedigree if you can help it. Um, one of the best at, at the position he plays and be like, ah, it's not an essential position in today's NFL. All right. I get all that. But from a, a perception standpoint within the players in the league, you had Minka Fitzpatrick who, you know, is not uh, a hitter. He's not like he, he wants to play like Deion Sanders. He doesn't want to ever have to make contact with another human being. He just wants to range around like Ed Reed and pick passes off and all that kind of stuff. But the Steelers are like, Hey, Minka, we need you to play a different style because we're, we're doomed without it. And so he did. And the Steelers could have conceivably been like, bah, you know, like, we can justify letting him go because he didn't create a lot of turnovers. That's basically what the Browns did to, to Baker Mayfield. It's like, Bake, we need you, man. It's like I gotta my left arm. I I, I, I can't I, I can't do anything. Like, but we need you, man. Like this is supposed to be the big year. Like we need you. And he goes out there and isn't good, largely because of the shoulder. And they're like, well, we can't stick with this. You know, we can't. Like it's uh, that that matters. Ask Ike about that. Like. Money matters most, like who, how much, which team's going to pay you the most matters more than anything else. But those little shows of loyalty and everything else, people that, that like, I know Ike will tell you about that. Like, and he's, Ike is smart about like knowing who you are, not, not know, knowing it, that was one of the great things. Somebody said to me that, that, uh, 
Ike was being chased by some big, you know, for throwing huge dollars at him. And somebody said, you know, the smartest thing I did was turn him down, took less to stay in Pittsburgh because he knew that he was in the right place. And play some players get that, you know, like if, if you can chase top dollar and all that kind of stuff, I don't begrudge anybody doing that, but it does matter when it feels like a destination kind of a place. And I think, um, you know, Flores kind of gave it that vibe a little. It kind of for for a minute there in the off in the start of free agency, it kind of took on like Pittsburgh's the cool place to go. All of a sudden, you know, like this is the player friendly franchise, and that doesn't hurt you to to be that. And the Browns are like, you know, I I think Nick Chubb is chomping at the bit to be like the f- Haslam's. Like, what would you do? And the Haslam's weren't there for the introductory news conference for the highest paid player with guaranteed money in NFL history. They were in Europe. And remember, it was um, John Dorsey, who's now in the front office of Detroit, who was the GM when they drafted him number one overall in 2018. Stefanski wasn't the head coach, obviously, either. It was Hugh Jackson. And so it's just like they – no one protected Mayfield because he was playing from week two on with the bum shoulder. And it's like, you're meaning to tell me the immortal case Keenum wouldn't have been better than Mayfield last season. Like throw out the statistics, just what you see with your own two eyes. And it's like, it's clear he was not healthy last year, but for whatever reason, no one in the bronze franchise wanted to sit him down and say, Hey, thanks for trying to gut through and play through this. But they didn't want to protect him because if you're Andrew Barron Stefanski, Mayfield, for whatever reason, was never their guy. A lot of times these new GMs will come in and want to put their stamp of approval on things. And it's just like maybe Juju was right all along with the Browns being the Browns. It, I, I think that is exactly right. Now, the amount of dollars will still win almost always that a, a player is being offered. But I think you're exactly right. That kind of instability creates exactly what you saw but you're right i said that during the season repeatedly like i completely get that this is a terrible spot for for baker to be in that it's like okay so i could sit down but given the roster case keenum will probably win some games then it'll look bad that um he's winning games and then i look inessential and then they're not going to be interested in keeping me around long term um because Case Keenum was able to succeed in the same spot and Case Keenum's a, a ham and agar. Um, or I can jam myself in there, but I'm not going to put anything good out there because I'm, I'm hurt. So like he had no good situation there. But to your point, like why Stefanski or somebody else didn't go in there and be like, bake, this is not best for, for us to be running you out there. So we're going to sit you down until you're right. Yeah. That uh, it was all, yeah, th- that was junk. I think it's, I, I think he's obnoxious and everything else, Baker Mayfield, but I do ultimately, I felt bad for him. Like he got a raw yeah. deal from those guys. And the big point that I always make is like, okay, I get like, it's it's sort of like they convinced themselves that after they beat the Steelers and Hines and almost won an arrowhead. And then by the way, people forget, they just, they would have won the game in arrowhead in week one. If the punter hadn't uh, choked, if you remember the end of week mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. last year, they would have beaten them again and then bake gets hurt and then things go south but it was supposed to be like this is going to be it this is the magical year 2021 cleveland browns super bowl contender and then it was derailed by baker's injury but it's like that gave you amnesia andrew barry about what just happened like yeah this is a guy like 
you're the Cleveland Browns. You just went into Pittsburgh and and uh, beat Pittsburgh, and then you almost beat uh, Patrick Mahomes and company in in Arrowhead. And we're gonna like move on from that because he got hurt. It's so weird to me. And it'd be like, all right, I get it. Um, Deshaun Watson uh, circa 2019 falls in your lap. Okay, but. Now, I mean, it's like he's damaged goods and everything, and you put that stink on yourself and everything. It's very weird to me. I don't know. Maybe they'll succeed, though. It's, I don't think football, it's pretty clear. From the time Ray Lewis won the Super Bowl MVP and then Roethlisberger, um, you know, he gets his problematic stuff, and then he's going to Super Bowls and everything else. Morality, people, the, the football gods don't seem to care about, like, you know, human morality. They're, they're just – Who's good is what ends up winning. You'd like to think that like that Deshaun's presence will be so poisonous that it'll derail the the franchise. But then you see like Miles Garrett's comments like, I don't know, I don't think you can hold anything against Deshaun. I mean, he how many guys take the entire offensive unit down to the Bahamas and pay for the whole thing? And like and he's been respectful of the coaches so far. So I don't know what do you mean it's like Oh, so so he's so he's not a scumbag. He's not a felon because because he paid for everybody's trip. Like it's that easy. You got a lot of money, you just buy people's loyalty. And I guess this is one thing I disagree with Ike on, though. He just thinks Watson would go in and immediately dominate. I think he would be good, and I do think he's better than Baker. But like having a full year off, there's going to be zero rust with Watson whenever he hmm. is allowed back on the field. So it's like there's that. But then also it's like, depending on how long Watson misses out on the season, Andrew Barry by and large is lauded in this league as a young up and coming GM. But if he, if Watson misses the full season and the Browns fall on their face again, given the talent on their roster, it's like with this, this Watson deal, is it going to be Barry who takes the fall for that? Or the Haslam's going to say, no, no, no. We were the ones who, you know, quote unquote vetted Watson, which it's clear they didn't do that. So it's just like if the Browns flame out this year, if Watson misses, if not all the season or the majority of the season, who's going to take the blame with all of that too. And so it's like with, with Barry, it's like, if you're going to go after the GM rinse and repeat, it's something that we've known about the Browns since they came back into the existence in the late nineties. It's, it's, um, I like I say I know it's conspiracy theorist stuff, but I the other thirty one ownership groups do not like that guaranteed money. They don't care about the the felonies or you know the morality or anything like that nearly as much as they do. They're like you gave a player forget Watson. It's like you guaranteed two hundred. We don't do that in this league. Um, they're mad about that and. I bet you that they really would love because that would be the effect. If you, first of all, don't let Watson play this year, then that kind of hurts the, the, the notion of, because the roster will change. That's the way it goes. And by the way, when that money kicks in, people like, like, it doesn't matter that much. It's overstated that paying a quarterback 45 million or whatever a year, that doesn't ruin your roster. Like get, get less mistakes. You don't get to make as many mistakes. That's why a rookie deal for your, starting quarterback is so desirable because you have the money to try and flesh out around him, but also to make mistakes. Like you screw up other big deals and you're really jamming yourself up. I think they'd love for him to miss this year to your point, because now you're talking about like, 
he hasn't played football in essentially three years. Like he's definitely going to be good. I don't know. Like he's, it used to be like, it's like, Oh, if you take a year off of football, you're never going to be the same again. <laughs> like, I think that's been disproven, but I do think yeah. you start, if, if he doesn't play somehow this whole year, I think then it will start to get to be like, how good is he going to be? We haven't seen him play in three years. I don't know what he's like yeah. anymore. Maybe he's lost and, it. Well, you're right there. Cause it used to be back in the day. I think Sam Bradford was the last guy who got the rookie deal without the salary cap. So right. when you swung and missed back in the day and it's like, you know, Bradford had his injuries, but like the Jamarcus Russell's of the world, when you swung and miss on them, it set you back even more so because with the rookie quarterback deals, if, if the, quarterback's worth his merit early on he's going to be out playing his rookie deal almost immediately and you can load up a team around him and spend money on other position groups in in areas of need it's roughly half i uh i put it out on twitter every month or three or whatever when it hits me is um it's you know people want to argue against that and, and, and uh, against it but it's i think it's like I forget what the price. It's basically it's like fifty percent of all Super Bowls won, um, in the last twenty. I forget how many years. Uh, so are won by quarterbacks in their first five years. Like yeah. you know, and and this is in a league that includes Tom Brady, who's obviously going to skew those numbers <laughs> for veteran guys. But yeah. even with Tom Brady's presence, it's like fifty percent of all titles are won not just by high-end QBs. There's always going to be a Flacco or a Nick Foles who squeaks through that also throws it out of the whack a little bit. But, you know, you're a perennial playoff contender if you have the guy at QB. You're always going to be on the cusp of the playoffs or in the playoffs. And then how it goes once you get in there is how it goes. Um, but uh, the sweet spot is that guy who you know is the guy. It's basically what the Bengals have going now. If you have the guy and he's still on his rookie deal, that's the sweet spot. That's when you got to cash in and try to win a Super Bowl or two there. It's also interesting, too. I just wrote a, a piece about, uh, you know, these very, like what, what's going on with Lamar Jackson. It's really weird what the Ravens are doing, but is also like the thing, my favorite cavalier kind of thing that people throw out is like, oh, that young man, like, Joe Burrow has nothing to hang his head about it. He's going to win multiple Lombardies in that franchise. Like you understand that there are other great quarterbacks concurrently in the league and they only hand out one Lombardi per year. <laughs> so the idea that it's like, well, this guy's going to win multiple Super Bowls. Like, so no one else. I mean, like uh, the math doesn't work out. Like the overlap is that they're, they're all in the league. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, um, you know, Kyler Murray and Zach Wilson and Tom Brady's back for one more year. Like they're all Matthew, they're all in the league at the same time. And they're all on, on reasonably good teams. It would appear right now. So the idea like, Oh, he's going to win multiple, like Joe Burrow's already going into his third year. So he's going to be getting paid 50 or $60 million within three years from now. So then that's going to injure the overall roster. So he better get it. He better win one of those multiple Super Bowls, ASA and P, or he might not get any. It's like, you know, that yeah. that thing of like, that's why I'm big on like, I've turned into as an old man, you know, big journey over destination guy. Like, I was like, I don't care if the, when the Steelers have hopes that they're going to win the Super Bowl with the Rods. I don't care. If they can just get to the playoffs, that'll be enough for me. Last year was the best. I thought that was the funniest year ever. Them winning games. 
in a in the QB league, winning games, knuckleball style, 15 to 12 and everything week after week, no matter if they were playing a great team or one of the worst teams in the league, it was always like 15 to 12. <laughs> and they somehow got into the playoffs. It was the best. It was so funny to me. I thought that was just really a delightful, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic season. Um, but uh, I just think like if your expectation is like, we're going to be a dynasty. Like, what the hell are you wishing? Don't put yourself into that as a fan. Don't, it's like being a Yankees fan. Like, every year better end in a championship or it's a failure. Like, that's not a fun way to be rooting for your team. Just hope they get to the playoffs and give you something to look forward to next week in January to get you through winter a little more quickly. Amen. And give me not one but two Mike Tomlin chef's kisses as well. So. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go lay down and sweat some more because uh, the COVID is, <laughs> has given me some nice sweats. Dave, it's a pleasure as always. Thank you again for taking time for us. We really appreciate it, and please feel better. Anytime, Pally. No, I love doing it. I love catching up with you guys. Keep up the great work, man. That's it for this week's edition of the Believe in Steelers show. Next week, Ike Taylor and I will be back to discuss all things Steelers and NFL. We've got more guests lined up for this offseason between now and the start of training camp. So keep it here, tuned in to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. Signing off, this is Mark Bergen. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.